we're told that close to midnight on October 5th, 1879, a train drew into the railroad station in Carlisle, Pennsylvania, carrying 82 Lakota children from the Rosebud and Pine Ridge Indian agencies in Dakota Territory. They were the first contingent of students sent to the newly opened Carlisle Indian School to be made the subjects of an educational experiment that would soon be extended to include Native nations across the United States and Canada. The children had traveled over a thousand miles by river and rail, and this great distance was fundamental to Carlisle's mission. Captain Richard Henry Pratt, the school's founder and first superintendent, was determined to remove Native children as far as possible from their families and communities, to strip them of all aspects of their traditional cultures, and to instruct them in the language, religion, behavior, and skills of mainstream white society. Pratt's objective was to prepare Native youth for assimilation and American citizenship. He insisted that in schools like Carlisle, this transformation could be achieved in a generation. An acting army officer, Pratt, had secured government support to establish and run this first federally funded, off-reservation Indian boarding school. Carlisle provided the blueprint for the federal Indian school system that would be organized across the United States with 24 analogous military-style off-reservation schools and similar boarding institutions on every reservation. That from the study, Carlisle Indian Industrial School, edited by Jacqueline Fear Siegel and Susan Rose. We learn that Captain Pratt had many photographs taken at the facility to demonstrate to the public the worthiness of the school's efforts. And all these years later, those images still speak to us, though perhaps not in the ways Captain Pratt would have hoped. In that study, we meet Matthew Kenny, a poet of Mohawk heritage, who has written a poem titled Photograph Carlisle Indian School, 1879-1918. The constant refrain in the poem is, who is this boy? Asking not just literally, what is his name? But pressing, stressing the difference between who he was born into his tribe and left to become someone new here at the school, stripped, as we just heard, of his tribal identity. The poem begins, I hear ancient drums in the eyes, see dances on the mouth. Why is this teenage boy stiff in the shutter? Who is this boy, nationless, nondescript, in an army uniform, devoid of hair feather, fetish, and paint? Who is this boy, hair cut, tongue cut, whose youthful warrior braids lie heaped on the barber's floor? There should be a flute to his lips, making songs, music of love. There should be a lance in his grip to take home game. He stands before the photographer, amalgamated in uniform and shaved head. He stands compromised before his teachers, all that is left to him, which is him, beaded moccasins below the cuffs of his pants. But the beadwork so faint in the photo, 
his great nation cannot be fathomed. It can be guessed that probably the supply room ran out of army shoes the morning his wagon arrived at the boarding school. Who is this lad? He has no name, no land, no nation. I listen for the drum in your eyes, wait to see the dance on you. All I hear are your bitter cries of anguish. He has no name, only a reflection. This photograph. Words from the poem Photograph Carlisle Indian School by Matthew Kenny, a poet of our time. And Kenny's repeated questions reverberate with us even further today. Who is this boy? In headlines around the world, like this story from Ian Austin, writing for the New York Times, dated May 28, 2021, Ottawa. For decades, most indigenous children in Canada were taken from their families and forced into boarding schools. A large number never returned home, their families given only vague explanations or none at all. Now, an indigenous community in British Columbia says it has found evidence of what happened to some of its missing children. A mass grave containing the remains of 215 children on the grounds of a former residential school. Stories like that in the news in May and June of this year. The Everhart Museum in Scranton will present Away From Home American Indian Boarding School Stories, an exhibition exploring off-reservation boarding schools through a wide range of voices. From the 1860s to the 1930s, the U.S. government attempted to educate and assimilate American Indians across the country into what it considered, quote, civilized society by placing children of all ages and tribes in distant residential boarding schools, separating them from their families and culture. Visitors to the show will be able to explore compelling photographs and more when the exhibit opens Saturday, June 19th, running into the summer. We had a chance to speak by phone with Everhart Museum curator Francesca Saldan about the show and its timeliness. The timing and relevancy of it, I don't think, could be any more spot on, although it's an unfortunate unfortunate circumstances. Um, I think it makes this exhibit a little more relevant for everybody. And what's the genesis of this exhibition? Where does it come from? So Away From Home is a traveling exhibit that the Everhart has luckily been able to acquire. The exhibition was actually made possible by a program called NEH on the Road, which is a special initiative of the National Endowment for the Humanities. And it was adapted from a permanent exhibition called Away from Home American Indian Boarding School Stories that was organized by the Heard Museum in Phoenix, Arizona. So a permanent version of the exhibit actually resides in the Heard Museum in Arizona. And the traveling exhibition, which will be at the Everhart, was adapted from that permanent exhibit, and new elements were added, and other features were kind of adapted uh, so that it could kind of go to different venues across the country. And we were just talking about how timely it is with regard to the Canadian institution and the grim discovery there, but this exhibition has reverberations in any case with us because of Carlisle. Yes, yeah, so I think this exhibition tells a really interesting story 
that many Americans might not be super familiar with. And I think that in that way, it's really relevant to all Americans, but specifically for us living in Pennsylvania. So the first Native American boarding school, like you mentioned, was open in Carlisle, PA. It was kind of the first experiment of this sort of boarding school. And that boarding school is now connected to Dickinson University And some of the other boarding schools across the country are also, some of them are now connected to universities that are actually for tribal students, specifically for them to come and be able to have an environment kind of like HBCUs. But Carlisle presents a really interesting way, I think, for our community to make a really interesting connection and history with the stories that are being told. The mission of this school and the models that followed around the country is something that's hard for us to believe in our 21st century lives, right? Absolutely, absolutely. I think one of the things that people might take away from the exhibit is maybe some of the uncomfortable truths, uncomfortable pieces of history that might come out of it, of American history, right? This is, this is very much a part of all of our histories as American citizens. But from that, I think, you know, we can also take away a story of, of resilience, In a lot of ways, these boarding schools have helped to fortify Native identity, and a lot of the boarding schools that now exist that have been turned into these tribal universities, they continue to serve as places for First Nation peoples to come together and express their cultural identity. So, yeah, it definitely is a a tragic part of our country's history, absolutely, and I really hope that the exhibition gets to kind of bring to light that difficult, maybe uncomfortable history, but also show how it brings us into the 21st century and makes it really relevant with the way that a lot of people are living today. Because the ultimate end, the aim, was to remove these young people and to educate them in Western ways, quote, Western ways, and not send them back to their homelands, but to actually try to assimilate them without their own heritage into the white world. Yes, absolutely. So one of the things that you'll see throughout the exhibit are examples of how Native children would be brought to these boarding schools and all the different ways that they would kind of be stripped of their cultural identity, the traditional clothes that they would wear, the traditional way that they might wear their hair, the languages that they would speak, the type of art that they would create. It was all kind of based around this idea that they would be Americanized. They would be made to be more like white people. So in that way, their cultural identity wasn't considered to be an asset. And the the purpose of the school was really to strip that away and to assimilate them with what was the rest of the United States at that time. So what kinds of things do we see in the show? Photos and artifacts, too? Yes. The show, I think, pulls together a really great visual assemblage of material. So visitors can expect to see really fantastic historical images of people and events, as well as artifacts. Um, One of the big artifacts that will be in the first room of the exhibition as people walk in is actually a old barber's chair that was used for students who would come in from the reservations and they would have their hair cut really short. So for boys, that meant having maybe a long braid chopped off. For girls, that meant maybe just tidying it up and making it shorter. So that that was a a pretty important 
part of their story, to have that part of their physical identity altered, too. And we see personal belongings as well, kind of pieced throughout the exhibition. Uh, One of the parts of the exhibit discusses some of the recreational things that they did while they were in these schools, which included sports, included being in the band. So we have some memorabilia around those things, which brings a little bit of color and life, I think, to the stories as well and helps tie it in to make it about people. And you mentioned sports. Is there anything about Jim Thorpe? There is. So there are a couple of pictures with Jim Thorpe in it. I think he's probably one of the figures that many people from this area might be super aware of, especially with Jim Thorpe PA right down the road. But yes, he is highlighted in the exhibition. He has a really interesting story. He actually Before going to Carlisle, he went to Haskell Indian Junior College, which was based out in the Midwest, I believe in Kansas. And a couple of times he ran away to go home, so they ended up shipping him off to Carlisle, Pennsylvania. So he was a bit farther away, couldn't couldn't run off as easily. But it was there that he kind of made his legacy. So yes, his story is absolutely highlighted throughout the exhibition. How do we get to see it, Francesca, and how long will it be open So Away From Home is going to be available to the public starting on Saturday, June 19th, and running through August 15th, which is a Sunday. Right now, the Everhart Museum is open on Saturdays and Sundays, and people can come right up. No need to pre-register. We are enforcing a mask policy at the moment, as well as maintaining some social distancing as well to keep everyone safe and comfortable. But we are open 10 to 5 p.m., on Saturday and noon to 5 p.m. on Sundays. And our website is everhart-museum.org. Again, Francesca, the fact that the exhibition is opening just weeks after the story broke in the headlines about the grim discovery of mass graves at a former boarding school in British Columbia is quite something. You couldn't have predicted it, nor would you want to. When was it that you had to make a commitment to bring this show to northeastern Pennsylvania? So we actually booked this show, I believe, about two years ago when we found out that it was being made available to loaning institutions, and we decided to kind of hop on and put it on our exhibition calendar. So it's been in the works for quite a while, and it's really fantastic that, you know, we're able to make all of these connections, and it's, it's coming at a moment that I think people really need it to help maybe ground the stories that are happening in the media and it can be really relevant for people, not only all over the country, but definitely right here in our community. Francesca Saldan, who is Everhart Museum curator, speaking with us about the exhibition Away From Home, American Indian Boarding School Stories, an exhibition exploring off-reservation boarding schools through a wide range of voices. As we heard, there will be photographs, artwork, interviews, interactive timelines, immersive environments, and much more, including that barber chair. And the exhibition is made possible by NEH On the Road, a special initiative of the National Endowment for the Humanities. It was adapted from the permanent exhibition Away From Home, American Indian Boarding School Stories, organized by the Heard Museum in Phoenix, Arizona. The show will open on June 19th and continue into the summer. 
And you can find the Everhart Museum at 1901 Melbury Street in Scranton at Naog Park. Temporary hours, 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. on Saturdays, noon to 5 on Sundays. And if you'd like more details, check the website, which is everhart-museum.org, E-V-E-R-H-A-R-T-museum.org, everhart-museum.org. And it is the Everhart Museum presenting Away From Home, American Indian Boarding School Stories, and that will open on Saturday, June 19th. For more information on the web, everhart-museum.org.